so uh, what am I talking about? Um, I'm trying to uh, make things secure because I know, uh, well, bad things are giving uh, you and me, people, uh, some jobs. Uh, but I would like situation to improve and uh, have security tools that would be themselves secure. So I'm trying to do stuff like that. So um, secure programming uh, to me means uh, trying to write something robust, uh, which m really means, uh, well, you have to make sure uh, that you don't uh, write anything bad. Uh, and you don't have to uh, do all the tests by yourself because if you do that, you're going to miss some. And if you miss some, well, that's an exploit, that's anything else. But one of the problems is that uh, sometimes uh, people are arguing, well, secure programming is slow. If you use some language that can bring you some security, it's way too slow to use in production. Um, so, uh, and you need performance, for example, web servers, IDSs, and so on, uh, we don't like them uh, if they're uh, slow as hell. So uh, I'm trying to, uh, well, gain on both sides, meaning uh, I want something to be kind of unbreakable. I wouldn't say that because I know you would be uh, interested in verifying that, uh, but secure and, and performant uh, and something I can maintain. Uh, which means also that I don't want to be writing assembly code. Uh, that's so horrible, my eyes are bleeding, are bleeding uh, so I don't want to do that. So, who am I? Uh, well, uh, Debian dev, whatever, uh, interesting in compiler languages, and I'm trying to uh, pass all the things, so uh, pushing for some uh, Rust code, for example, in the Sorikata IDS. So, uh, if you don't like that, uh, I'm the one to blame. Um, so what I'm talking here is just my story. That's not just, uh, I cannot give you uh, rules that will write all the, uh, work all the time uh, for optimization because it's way too uh, dependent on your architecture, platform, software, what you're uh, doing with, and so on. Um, I'll be trying to give you some general rules, so it's just one uh, feedback. Um, so I believe also that there are some general rules that work most of the time. So my experience is that it's good and it's working. Um, mostly it's uh, the story of a fight uh, of a man be and the compiler, and uh, I had some uh, wins uh, I want to share with you. So um, I'm going to throw a bit, of course. Uh, sometimes uh, C is not the answer. C is uh, my natural language, uh, better than English. Uh, but the problem is uh, when you're writing C, you will always, always fail somewhere. And uh, believe me, because I have failed for you uh, a lot. Uh, and that's a lesson you have to learn the hard way. Uh, I've wrote some parsers, trying to be very careful, checking every line and so on. And uh, of course I failed. And uh, the ironic part is I failed in a security test. So the test itself uh, was a comparison between side and side and integers and so on. So it led to some crash. Uh, kind of ironic. Um, you could try to write some assembly, but uh, that's a nightmare to maintain. Uh, if the architecture change, if Intel does something that does not work anymore. Uh, 
I'm also uh, liking some uh, hipster languages, so I like Pokemon okay, Go, whatever other languages. Their main problem here is performance, and uh, believe me, if you think some of them are really performant, for example, Go, the, the, the real killer feature uh, is the garbage collector. It's quite fast, but it introduces latency, and latency is not acceptable, for example, for an IDS, because if the IDS stops parsing packets during one second, well, that's uh, 10 gigabits you lost. So what am I trying to parse? Um, horrible things. So uh, people under 18, please leave the room. That kind of uh, things uh, you have to see. So yesterday, uh, uh, during the talk about uh, Jose, you heard about uh, the nasty ASN one. So that's ASN one. Uh, this is how people describe stuff in their uh, specifications. Uh, that's horrible. People cry. People uh, die because of that. Uh, no, I just hope not. But, uh, that's just one part of the message. It's recursive. It's quite complex. And uh, you have to transform that into one encoding. So ASN1 is just the description. DER is the encoding. So that's just an example, which I hope is not completely readable. Uh, it's just here to say, well, you have complex stuff to parse. Uh, you have stuff that is especially difficult to parse in C because you have TLVs, type length values, everywhere. So you have lots of pointers. You have length to test everywhere that are recursive, that can be infinite. You have integers, but infinite size integers, so they don't fit into uh, U64. Uh, you have variable length. For example, the length in the TLV is itself a variable length that is encoded using a, variable, uh, a recursive length. So you can go into that kind of stuff. And believe me, there is the best encoding of ASN1 that exists. So I won't show you the other one because it's way too complicated. So if you see like here, you have recursive structures which, which are quite complex. And you, you want that to be passed safely, and you want that to be passed uh, fast, because uh, it, you, you have to go really, really fast. So for example, X509 certificates are encoded using that. Um, when I heard yesterday that uh, SN1 or DR should, could have been a solution, I'm quite scared. Uh, I must say, because uh, is that kind of thing ever a solution for any question? I don't know. So what is the result of uh, writing parsers? Uh, well, that uh, vulnerabilities, vulns everywhere. Uh, overflows, crash, use after free, uh, double free, uh, whatever free. So it doesn't, well, the fact is you have to admit it doesn't work today and everything is not uh, as, as secure as we want. So why Rust? Um, just because it's compatible with C, I won't give you uh, uh, a description of how nice it is. If you uh, want to try it, just try it. Uh, but what interests me here uh, is that it's, uh, it uses strict typing, which uh, will remove an entire class of uh, vulnerabilities. It's memory safe, mostly. Uh, if you don't use the unsafe keyword, uh, it's thread safe by design. That's the major point because uh, I'm trying to embed stuff into Suricata. Suricata is heavily multi-threaded. Uh, if uh, your code is not thread-safe, uh, believe me, if you've not tried uh, spending hours uh, trying to debug a kind of Heisenberg, you know, 
the bugs that shows only one uh, uh, on three executions uh, when you know, uh, when you start your program. Uh, that's horrible. So thread safety is a major gain here. Thanks. Also, um, the fact is, Rust speed is good. It's fast, faster than Python, faster than Go, but not enough. I'm lazy. I don't want to uh, wait until my uh, uh, PCAP files or whatever are passed. So I want to do better, and I want to do that keeping safety and keeping readability. So I'm going to talk about how to optimize while keeping these things. Um, <clears throat> I have to uh, make a mandatory warning. Uh, the first rule of optimization is don't do that. If you're doing that, most of the time you're wrong. You don't need that. Uh, because you're going to spend some time uh, in trying to gain a few uh, seconds, milliseconds, whatever, uh, that you will lose doing something else. It will be hard to maintain the code, so uh, don't bother trying to do some one-time optimization. Don't bother uh, trying to uh, look at the code and say, oh, I'm, I, I'll optimize this part. Uh, the, the first thing you will have to do is measure, because if you don't measure, you don't know where it's slow. So I see so many people trying to optimize uh, things without have, having any uh, real uh, clue about what is slow in their program. So that's the first step. So yeah, the less you care, the happier you are. Um, how to do that? Uh, identify slow points. Um, Great thing about Rust is that it's compatible with C. It's based on the LLVM toolchain, so uh, most of the tools you know are available. So uh, I don't mention GDB because you don't spend uh, much time in GDB when you code in Rust. That's one of the major benefits. You spend much time fighting with the compiler, which is something else, uh, but in the end, it's, uh, it's a benefit. Uh, you have great tools. Uh, you have Cargo Bench, which completely automates uh, in the process of developing uh, uh, a way to uh, run some benchmark, benchmarks. Uh, you can use Perf, you can use the Grind, you can use Flame Graph, which shows you some nice things. I hadn't the time to, to show one Flame Graph. I'm sure you know what it looks like. Uh, but one key point here is that you, um, to optimize, we will have to do, well, uh, things with the eyes. Uh, you have to look at the source code and you have to look at the binary code and you have to look at both and at the same time. So this is me uh, after some time. So why, uh, why Rust is good for performance uh, and what can we do about the source code first? Uh, well, the first optimization you will ever have to do is algorithm. If your algorithm has a, a high complexity, don't bother spending some time uh, trying to gain a few microseconds somewhere. It doesn't matter uh, algorithm first. Uh, why Rust is great for parser is because the language itself uh, helps you doing zero copy. And if you want to parse stuff at 10 gigabits per second, uh, you have to do zero copy. A single copy will kill your performance. So, uh, and I don't know, 
Sorikata is already handling, for example, the uh, defragmentation of packets and so on. So there are already copies. I don't want to add some. So uh, this is possible thanks to slices and thanks to the uh, compiler. Uh, in Rust, why, why you spend so much time uh, trying to compile? It's because you have to prove, you have to do that, you have to prove that your code is safe. The compiler will not help you uh, if, it's, uh, if it's not safe. You would, it will show you, which is really great because you know it's not safe, and it will loaf at you with an error message saying, ha, fix that. So, uh, it's great. You have to use also non-locking code because locks uh, are slow if you uh, if you want to go performant. So how does it work? I'm sorry, it's a bit uh, it's a bit small. I don't know if I can do something for that. No. Uh, the fact is, uh, if you have a buffer, which are your data, uh, Rust help you. Uh, so you have a nasty uh, syntax here that can give you uh, nightmares uh, with something called, called lifetimes. I won't explain that. But anyways, it helps you uh, building structures that have pointers so you don't copy the data. You have uh, just mapping uh, upon the uh, underlying buffer. And the compiler uh, just ensures that in no way in your program you can free the buffer before the structure. So you don't have to care about safety here. It's done for you during the compilation. So that is great because uh, that way you can really go zero copy all the way. So numbers. Uh, my first tries after doing zero copy, non-locking code and so on, uh, was trying some uh, to pass some messagings. So uh, it took a bit more than, uh, well, say, around two microseconds. Uh, so that means uh, a bit more than uh, uh, 156 megabytes per second. Uh, I want more. So adding instrumentation, it's rather easy. You just, line, you just add four magic lines. You just write uh, a benchmark. So yes, for people don't knowing uh, Rust, it's uh, that kind of horrible code. Uh, here, I just call my parsing function with some data that I find outside in a, in a, in a separate file. And I just uh, check that the result is what I expect. And uh, automatically, with that loop, the uh, cargo bench tool with loop around that loop as fast as possible and give you the results. So if you add the instrumentation uh, at the benchmark, uh, you run the benchmark and uh, you write some nasty uh, command lines uh, with rule grind to, uh, to get the instrumentation. After that, you show that into uh, a, uh, a tool I used, uh, QKHrine, uh, that helps you because that helps you identifying, for example, uh, which part is slow. We spend 75% uh, uh, of the time in that function and so on and so on. So uh, you can use two things here. Um, you can look at the time spent in functions. That's one thing. Uh, that's not the only one. Uh, if you want to go faster, you also have to look at the cache. Uh, there are two caches here that will trust us. Uh, the instruction cache, 
in the data cache. So you have to uh, have a look at this kind of graph using all of these different uh, performance measures uh, to see where you are losing some, uh, some uh, time. And then you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do uh, about this uh, slowness? Sometimes you will have to rewrite the code to uh, make sure you, keep in your, you, you stay in cache, and sometimes not. So why was it slow so for me? Uh, well, some parts are indeed slow. There are too many tests. There are uh, useless data copies. Uh, and some structures are so big, well, when you have a look at the, uh, for example, uh, Kerberos description, you know it won't fit in, in the cache because it's uh, too, too big. So, next action, trying to look at the binary, uh, and we'll try to see how to uh, help the compiler create a binary that is uh, better for us. So it's time-consuming, it's hard to find something stable as optimization pattern, but it can be uh, really great. So usually uh, we say that, uh, write your code, let the compiler do the job, it should be okay, right? That's what we usually hear. Uh, because compilers are uh, smart, if you're uh, still someone uh, thinking that he can write, he or she can write uh, optimized code by hand that beats the compiler, you can try. Uh, I also failed uh, for you, maybe I'm just bad, you know. So I'm just going to take a simple example to see uh, how that fits in, in, in reality and why it's so important to give the compiler real clues about your, uh, your code. You want to read uh, U64, for example. So here is uh, Big Indian, but it, should be, it could be the same as Little Indian uh, if you want. So I could have uh, wrote, an, uh, wrote a, um, a cast just to cast the memory, but I would have the same problem with the uh, other NDNS. So here I just read uh, the eight uh, bytes and shift them, right, simple. What does the uh, Rust compiler, uh, the LLVM compiler, uh, in that case, uh, uh, generate for code? Well, you can see a, 90, uh, a, a mighty uh, stairway where every single uh, point, well, it, it, uh, it wonders, the compiler wonders itself, do I have one byte? Okay, go. Do I have a second byte? Okay, go. Do I have a third byte? And so on. So it's slow because uh, you have to flush uh, the cache, you have branches, you, uh, you miss prediction, predictions, and so on. So a simple trick here is to reorder the reading. Um, you read the eighth byte first and then go the other way. Uh, what I'm trying to do here is trying to say, to tell to the compiler, hey, I'm reading the up to eight bytes, so please uh, make one length test, please. And it works. This code is much more efficient. Uh, there are two things that uh, annoy me here. Uh, the first one is, uh, well, uh, Rust, by default, generates a panic statement. Uh, can say that otherwise. It just crashes your program if you, uh, if you don't have eight bytes. And crashing a program is not really a clean way to exit it or to uh, report an error. Uh, so that is a problem. And this second one is um, I read it the other way. So it's not clean linear code, and I want to get that fast. So there is a nice trick for that. Uh, you add some code to say, okay, 
I add my, myself the test, uh, please use it. Uh, the fact is, uh, LLVM uh, is uh, a really uh, smart compiler and it will use that information uh, and use it uh, on, the, on its data flow analysis uh, to remove the length test because it knows you have tested before. Uh, so that way I can reorder uh, the byte I read, uh, reading the first, and I get some uh, real clean code. So that's just a simple example, but it just shows you uh, why you need to guide the compiler. So you could wonder at this point, but hey, couldn't the compiler get smarter and do that for you? But yes, it could. But there's one problem. It's that uh, you guys are maybe as impatient as I am, and I don't want to wait one hour for my uh, source code to compile. So the compiler could test many, many things and do some really smart stuff and so on. But hey, it will increase the compilation time a lot. So, uh, compiler smart. Uh, well, what you have to understand is that uh, sometimes adding code makes the result faster because there is less in the result. Uh, that is uh, something really interesting. And we can get an effic efficient code without going uh, assembly or uh, unsafe. So, the rest is just uh, of the presentation is mainly some uh, well uh, tricks, tips, whatever you call them, uh, ninja tricks uh, that I found uh, that could help you because uh, uh, they change uh, things a lot. They are uh, for Rust, but they also work. Uh, for example, uh, most of them work in C language because uh, the toolchain uh, is. Uh, if you use LLVM, uh, most of the toolchain is shared. Is shared. Sorry. So, when you have enums, you just, for example, uh, write value this way. You say, okay, that's just on one byte and so on. Uh, what is slow here? You have two things. Uh, the first one is match, which is a kind of switch statement uh, uh, in Rust. It's slow because it will have to compare uh, in a, in a, for every case. Uh, and conversion are, by default, implemented as function calls, which I want to avoid. Uh, and memory casts if you use unsafe code. So I don't like any of this solution. So there is kind of pattern which, which is called new type, uh, which is written this way. So this, for example, is something if you, you see you're not used to that, it's just a way of saying uh, I'm adding a new type. So uh, when I use a type like this, I cannot compare it to uh, uh, an integer because it's a different type. That's strict typing and that's great. Uh, that's a cost-free instruction. The compiler will remove the struct uh, during the, the build uh, and a free conversion um, uh, in most cases. Uh, drawback, once again, the compile time increases. Uh, I have some pathologic points which uh, added some 12 seconds during the compilation, but uh, I'm just reporting them to the Rust guys and they, they should fix it, I hope. Also, uh, allocations can be slow, especially if you make a lot of them. Uh, since Rust checks things, uh, you can use the stack uh, safely. It, uh, it's also great for that. Um, drawback, uh, it adds code to a memory copy, uh, so you can lose some performance. Uh, you have to verify once again. Uh, structures, 
you have to keep as much as possible in cache, in data cache, so uh, use small structs. That's uh, uh, a, a real tip I can give you. Uh, that makes a difference. You can have a, uh, uh, you can have a 10 times uh, improvement uh, just because your structs uh, magically fit in the cache and uh, the CPU doesn't have to reload them every now and then. Uh, same for the code. Uh, keep as much uh, as possible in the registers. Use reentrant and pure function. Pure uh, means you don't try to any global variable. If you don't do that, uh, you will have to lock uh, uh, stuff. Uh, it will be slow. Also, it may be a bit uh, surprising, but it's better to write code that will be executed without any test if you can, or make sure that the first, st first test uh, is the success condition is the one uh, uh, your code will uh, use uh, most of the time. So uh, it's best uh, in most cases, not all of them, to write code that does not call mo most functions but does inline uh, uh, your uh, uh, your uh, tests and, uh, and code inside. Drawback, you have functions that, that get bigger and bigger. Uh, uh, possible problem, cyclomatic complexity, so if the number of paths uh, you have to take to, uh, uh, in uh, most cases in a function, well, not explaining it well, but I don't have the time. Uh, usually, um, people say it's better to stay under 6, so I might, I, I'm at 231. Uh, I may be uh, a bit over the, the limit. The compiler can be your friend in some cases, so automatic vectorization. Uh, here we have three arrays, we add something, we, th we store in the third array, uh, we look at the code. By default, it's just regular code, not optimized. If we just add uh, one line, uh, if we add the second line, so we just uh, shrink uh, the buffers, that's free because it's just a pointer and a left. So we just bring the, the, the buffer just to tell the compiler they all have the same length, don't bother uh, testing anything. Then uh, the compiler will automatically uh, use uh, SSE instructions, uh, which makes your eye bleed uh, when you look at the assembly code. Uh, especially if the code is not aligned, uh, but hey, uh, your code is, is faster. Uh, one side note, uh, it's not because the compiler generates SSE code that it's faster. Uh, I've seen so many times uh, code that is just unrolled, but processes one uh, uh, instruction, one byte at a time. So it's just SSE, but it's not parallel uh, addition, so uh, you have to check uh, once again. Um, some other magic patterns, I won't uh, go into the first one because it's just magic. Uh, well, and the second one is great. Uh, Rust is kind of, uh, has uh, abstractions over, for example, uh, structures. So if you can, it provides you uh, iterators uh, to uh, go over the structures. Iterators are way more efficient than uh, iterating yourself manually the structure. Uh, the compiler uh, knows uh, the length, the tests, uh, and will propagate uh, that into uh, the generated code. The linker, uh, yeah, when, when you compile the linker can also help a lot. There are two things. 
that people should know here. Uh, the first is uh, link time optimization. Uh, the compiler will uh, merge all of you, your object files, uh, have a pass at which function it can inline and so on. So it's uh, it generally uh, it generates a bigger executable, but it can be faster. And uh, PGO, so profile lead optimization. Uh, the how it works is that you generate the first version of your code with instrumentation. When you run that code, it will generate you an instrumentation file. Then you build your code a second time using the instrumentation, and the compiler will use uh, the, profile, uh, the profiling results from your first execution to choose uh, the branches, the code, the test, and whatever uh, the code it generates uh, to, to, to make it faster for the profile you used. So if you use real cases and not just test code uh, for the profiling, uh, uh, then it can be really efficient uh, a lot. And when you did that, all of that, well, you have to test again. Because the compiler uh, is not always your friend. Uh, sometimes uh, it uh, removes stuff, for example, memset, when you have passwords. Uh, sometimes it adds code that you don't want, panic, uh, and so on. And still, you have undefined behaviors uh, like uh, integer overflows in Rust. Uh, the other integer, uh, the other undefined behaviors are not present, but these one are still present. You have to uh, handle them manually. That's a bit annoying. Uh, Tools that are great: compiler, uh, explorer, uh, often called uh, Godbold, uh, which works for uh, Rust, and CalgoFuzz, which is a real nice uh, integration of uh, the libfuzzer uh, from LLVM, based on the same code than uh, AFL, uh, on your uh, code. So if you use that, for example, on, on your, uh, using your, your tests, then it's great. Um, so what are the results? Well, originally, we were uh, here. Well, no. Um, after a few uh, improvements, ah. we went uh, almost as, uh, at uh, 700 uh, uh, megabytes per second, per second, per thread. And uh, remember, it's a thread safe code, so you can parallelize that. So uh, I'm happy because I'm almost at uh, 10 gigabits. Almost. And uh, for comparison, my CMPM is uh, only uh, 500 megabytes per, per second. Um, and uh, sometimes it crashes, so I've not released it uh, yet. I compared uh, with the uh, Kerberos uh, par uh, parsing uh, code from uh, MIT CMPM. Uh, it's also around uh, 500. So, um, well, it may surprise you, but yes, you can go faster than C. Uh, the C code is not that optimized, yes. Uh, it's just, in fact, really easy to explain. If you provide more information to the compiler, uh, well, it can use uh, wisely. So you could spend the, the same time in C, but hey, uh, you would miss some tests and so on, and you would uh, have vulnerabilities probably. So where is the code? It's on GitHub. Uh, and uh, most parsers, uh, Kerberos, IKE, uh, were merged into the uh, Sorikita Git repo. 
So I think Surikatana ha now has something like three uh, and so uh, persons uh, Rust code inside. Uh, that's great because uh, I've tried a lot to make these parsers crash and uh, I've, I did not find uh, any uh, crash or uh, bad behavior uh, on these parsers. If you want to test them, uh, really, uh, please, please do so. Please uh, give me some uh, number of feedback. Uh, I'd be happy. I'm trying to parse also uh, files, x509, p, elf, and whatever. Parse all the things. So, a recap, um, I really believe guiding the compiler is way more efficient than trying to optimize a part uh, writing it in assembly. Uh, it's easier to maintain, uh, it's efficient, uh, well, it's great. One question you may ask is, are these optimizations stable? Uh, no, there is no warranty of that. Uh, if there is a new major version of the compiler, it could break everything, right? Uh, except that uh, the tips I gave to you, for example, uh, giving the length explicitly and so on, these will stay because uh, they won't break by removing information. That is just not possible the, the way they develop that. So they are just adding uh, new smart code, not trying to remove. So, so it could break at some point, but it would just be an error. Uh, so most of these uh, tips work uh, in, in, in practice. Thank you for your attention. That's it uh, for me. Okay, well, one quick question, maybe. <coughs> Hi, so you mentioned uh, compilers uh, reordering of instructions, huh? but did you consider the hardware, uh, which does basically the same and at the same at the same time? Ah, yeah. Good question. Um, yeah, the CPU is not playing the same game, so it could reorder what you've been trying to order yourself and so on. So yes, sometimes it's not that efficient. Um, yes, I did consider, uh, but um, at this point, I really believe that's the job of the uh, compiler backend to know that well. So if you give the target explicitly, uh, the full target, I'm going to run on this uh, CPU exactly and so on. Uh, the best uh, tool to write code that will fit at best the order of the CPU is the compiler. I'm not good enough to write that uh, myself. There are Intel guides uh, to write uh, performance code manually, but honestly, uh, I could not uh, apply them. No other question? Well, we, we will cut now. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you.